Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. I'm Dr. Jody Mullen, and this podcast is about helping parents and other people who are connected to children help children be their best. Sometimes, like today, that's about taking care of yourself in ways that model and set the stage for children. I've been a child counselor and a play therapist for almost 30 years and a mom for just over 20. Blending my knowledge and experience puts me in the ideal spot to share with you the lessons I've learned about children, parenting, and cultivating relationships with children. These lessons have informed my parenting, and I believe why, as one of my friends put it, I have freakishly well-behaved kids. P.S. They are freakishly well-behaved, except when they're not. So I thought that was important for you to know. Uh, In this podcast, we get at some of the basic and fundamental principles I've learned from my child clients that promote their wellness and therefore how they behave. These principles make parenting and parenting and parenthood less stressful and more joyful. I've whittled down these basic principles and share them with you as well as other lessons I have learned or am in the process of learning here so you too can benefit and enhance the relationships you have with children and your parenting esteem. For more on parenting and children, check out my book, Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. That was inspired by the thousands of children and the conversations and consultations with parents that I have had. You can also find additional resources for parents and professionals on my clinical website, which is www.integrativecounseling.us. Hang out with me on social media, on Facebook at Integrative Counseling, or on Instagram at Dr. Jody Molly. When I share stories related to my clinical work, I will make every effort to disguise any identifying information so any likeness uh, is a coincidence. Today, I am joined by my friend and colleague and inspiration sometimes, says Red, and we're going to be talking about um, mental wellness. When we... I do think I should give a little background here. When we originally scheduled this, it was Mental Health, Mental Wellness Month, which is the month of January. Today is not January, uh, but but part of why we had to delay this uh, conversation that we're um, having with you is because we had to take care of ourselves. Um, so we had a couple of things come up um, that we had to say no to this and yes to ourselves. So. Um, in, in that way, I'm really proud of us today because we're kind of just putting that that mental wellness piece right into practice. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So the so we wanted to really though focus on especially since it's January, since it was Mental Wellness Month, or since it was January, and since it was Mental Wellness Month, recalibrating and really celebrating. So we wanted to start off really just with a definition of wellness and then spring off of that and talk about how uh, we 
maintain and practice mental wellness, especially um, at the beginning of the year, during the winter, as parents, those kinds of things. So let me start there, and then we'll start talking to Faye a little bit more about some of the challenges um, to maintaining mental wellness. So what is mental wellness? Mental wellness is an internal resource that helps us think, feel, connect, and function. All important aspects of being human. And I love that in this particular definition, connect is part of it. Um, Because I think one of the things where we do shortchange our children sometimes is when we're disconnected, not just from them. It usually starts with self, being disconnected from self. So once again, mental wellness is an internal resource that helps us think feel, connect, and function. And I love this part of it. It's an active process that helps us build resilience, grow, and flourish. And I, part of what I love about that part is that it is an active process. It's not something like, ah, I've achieved it, check it off the list. It's something that you continually have to um, be invested in. But it also allows that active process um, for you to recognize it's an active process in your, um, your children, too, and how, and I'll go back to this, how do you model it and how do you create opportunities for your children to feel that sense of mental wellness, too? So so we're going to talk about that today. Um, so hi, Faye. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, too. Um, so let's let's shift a bit here um, in talking about mental wellness in that we now we know what it is um, and we are, are all on the same page with that. What are some of the challenges um, when we were talking about this prior uh, to, to talking about it today, what are some of the challenges that pop up for you um, around mental wellness? I would say that there are a ton of different challenges, but one for me um, I'm a, I'm a very, uh, like, I think the seasons affect me a lot, um, especially mm-hmm. during the winter. I, I get a lot of seasonal depression type mm-hmm. things, like I thrive in the sun and I need to be outside. Um, yeah. So mental wellness is a little bit tougher for me because all of my, um, you know, all of my self-care is, like, based outside in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of movement. So, yeah, one of, one of my challenges is definitely the winter <laughs> and yeah. being stuck inside a little bit more. Yeah, and that I um, I'm so glad that you share that. Um, we're here, uh, Faye and I, are on the east coast of the United States right now, and for it is massively wintry today because we also have a winter storm. And then I think, like, add on top of that, right? So there's that isolation that sometimes happens because of the season, um, but then there's also the isolation connected to COVID, and there's other forms of isolation that we sometimes impose on ourselves or part of our circumstances. So it can super be connected to the season, but it also can be connected to the larger um, feeling of isolation. And when you're isolated, going back to our definition, you're clearly not connected, (laughs) right? And so it really takes that active process um, of mental wellness to say like, okay, what can I do differently? What could be helpful here? So one is I want to really normalize that um, 
because of the sun, because of access to being outdoors if you live in a, in a cold weather, uh, a place that gets cold weather in the winter, um, because of a, that we are still, you know, dealing with the pandemic, is because of all of that, it is absolutely normal, absolutely normal to feel isolated and disconnected right now. In fact, if you didn't, I would be worried. Right. It is that normal to feel that way, that if you didn't as a mental health professional, I would be worried Um, and also super curious about um, what what are you doing to keep yourself uh, connected and thriving. Um, The other thing I want to say about this, just one more piece of the puzzle is that you're going to feel this way as a parent, but you're going to see this in your uh, family members as well, and your children. And so uh, this is why it is so important to model uh, mental wellness and to model what it takes um, and to play with that, you know, to really to be able to do that because uh, because um, from a mental health professional perspective, loss of mental, like the challenges that make us feel depressed, words like depressed and anxious and those kind of things are connected to isolation, and they thrive in isolation and connection. It is like, um, it's what makes them grow. So um, with that being said, say, what what are you doing? What How how are you keeping this an active process? So thankfully, I usually see it coming pretty pretty early in the, in the winter season because I know this is something that happens for, for me every year. Um, mm-hmm. So I plan to kick my self-care into overdrive as early as possible. Um, I try and go to yoga classes if possible. I'll do an at-home workout. I'll get up early. I'll go to bed early. Just as much sunlight as I can put into my day. Um, And I also always turn on my space heater the second that I wake up um, (laughs) just to, like, make me feel a little bit warm and, like, not so, you know, cold and chilly when I get out of bed. Um, I also really like to turn the lights on around 3 or 4 p.m. when it starts to get a little bit dark so that I kind Mm -hmm. of extend my day a little bit. Helps a Mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. So just, you know, knowing that these are some of the things that, like, literally brighten up your space and and your surroundings, right? And so it's, it's kind of cool because some of the things that you're talking about are more environmental, so they would affect yeah. the people. They could affect the people around you too. So parents, I'm talking to you, um, and caregivers is one of the things to think about is how do you do that, like in your home, in your surroundings. So you may be doing it for you, but how may that be impacting the other people around you, right? To create that sense of warmth, that sense of brightness. You know, what are you doing um, around that? And so, and then. I think a, a really, for lack of a better word, cool thing that you can do is invite your children into what can we do to brighten up the place? What can we do to bring some sunshine and warmth inside of the house? So inviting your children to be able to be part of that um, Maybe, like, one of the things I'm thinking off the top of my head is maybe they want to draw or create some things that, you know, they can then hang up or um, you can display in some way in your home that brings that energy because I think part of what you're talking about, say, is like the that happens. And so how do you re-energize around that? Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. So then, um, and and also one of the things I also want to tease out of what you said is, and I'm going to come at this from uh, my role as a professional um a professional helper and mental health counselor is like you really do have to one um, when you're dealing with seasonal affectional disorder and any kind of seasonal like depression even if you like have you have the seasonal blahs right is you really do have to take an active stance with it so some of the things that they um, talked about uh, are really they're great tips that a professional would give you as well is to do something, create activity, create that energy um, to change things in your environment that you can control. You can't control the weather, uh, but you can control how bright it is in your home. You can, can you know, can you, that there are things that you can control. You can have citrus fruit in the winter. Um, we're lucky enough to, you know, live at a time where that's possible. That makes you smell like it makes the smells of summertime and spring and that kind of thing come to life so so those may be some things too to do with your kids what's something that you traditionally like eat or enjoy in the summer or in the sunshine that you can that you can bring into the inside kind of like uh, I think of um, sometimes you have breakfast for dinner right um, so this is a similar thing it's like you can have lemonade in the winter. You're allowed to do that. Um, so thinking outside the box about how we can kind of liven things um, up that way. So when you are able to do these things and create that shift then, um, then how do you honor that? Because I do think that is the other piece of the puzzle, right? It's like not just do them, but then re-energize, recalibrate by saying, look at what I am doing versus what I'm not doing. So Say, how about you? Do you uh, count, do you celebrate your wins? Oh, absolutely. I feel like once I get myself to a place where I'm feeling a lot better, I want to make sure that I stay up at that spot. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I definitely do try my best to celebrate my wins and and like take time to like, you know, celebrate the accomplishment, whether it's small or large. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, mental mental wellness is about you know, self-compassion and, and celebration of, of how you're feeling. Um, but, yeah, I, I keep I keep a list of my goals. <laughs> and when I complete one, I usually have, like, you know, something that I'll treat myself to, whether it's, you know, little things like a skincare product I like or, you know, pedicure or an extra yoga class that week or something that will keep me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you really do, like, kind of say, like, there, did it. Um, so I'm thinking of two different authors. Um, one is uh, Jack Canfield, who writes about um, every time completing something like that, not just putting a check mark or crossing it off or just going like, oh, I went to yoga. It's, saying, it's like literally saying out loud or writing down next to your, your list or whatever, victory, right? It's like you achieved it. You did it. Um, and then, oh, and I, it, the author's name escapes me for the moment, but, um, oh, Gary, oh, he wrote, oh, stop, Gary Cohen, I think is um, his name. Um, and he, uh, one of the things he talks about is, and maybe it's not him, so I'm, I was trying to show off and say I real, re- always remember the authors, but in fairness to myself, I am recovering from <laughs> concussion so um but um one of the things is just really recognizing 
micro-achievements. Aha, I know where that came from. That came from the book, The 5 a.m. Club. So uh, in The 5 a.m. Club, the author talks about recognizing these micro-achievements, things that we do during the day that actually are accomplishments. So like, for example, one of the things that I had as a micro-accomplishment yesterday was I did two loads of laundry. I worked uh, teaching play therapy uh, class um, to my graduate students, and I saw a couple of clients, but I also did two loads of laundry, and that was a, an, a, an additional achievement. I returned a phone call that I needed, you know, to return. I, um, I cooked a really delicious dinner, right? All of these things are things that we can, like, kind of do that um, the way I say it is, like an internal high five. And when you're doing that, you're showing your kids that, like, it's not just like this big deal that matters. It's these little things and they really do add up and um and how like how important all of those those things is are. So it's really can you apply this to parenting? Of course you can. Um so you know say you give up this great example of like how you do it for self, but you, um as parents we can model that and also infuse it into what we do. So like not everything has to be a um a reward like a let's go to the movies or let's, you know, uh, go out to dinner or something like that. It doesn't all have to be things that cost you. And in and in Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids in the book and audio book, I list off, I think, like 50 different things you can do with your children that cost nothing but are really do that. They build in um, th- those pieces, the pieces of saying, like, you know, like this is special and your special, um, all like all important aspects. So, um, say one of the things that you talked about that I'd love for you to share with our listeners is your happy list. Can you tell me about that? Oh, I'm so passionate about my happy list. <laughs> um, so every single week, I really am. I I can't preach this enough. Like how much this has changed, like my my mental health. Just writing, like, once a week, doesn't matter what day of the week it is, same day of the week, I usually do Mondays, um, mm-hmm. I write down a list of things that fill me with joy. It can mm-hmm. be three things, it can be one thing, it can be 20 things, as long as there's at least one thing on the list, I just go with that. Um, and it's such an incredible feeling to write down all of the things that make you happy and then mm-hmm. thinking all week, okay, I'm not feeling the best. I'm going to pick one of those things and I'm going to add it to my day. Yeah, I love that. And can you imagine doing that as a family? Can you imagine doing that, you know, with your kids? Like how, what, that would be so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't have to be like all, you know, unicorns and rainbows and, and sunshine and things like that. But to be able to do that as, especially as we're trying to like reset and recalibrate as like what brings, what brings us joy. So I find, I actually do something similar. Um, Again, I'm going to reference a book that I read that uh, I need, I also would like to reread because there was so much in it that um, I know I didn't soak it all in, but the book was called, uh, it's called Joy on Demand. And one of the things that the author cares in this book is just really recognizing those teeny moments where you feel joy and like just kind of 
stopping for a second and breathing into those. So like the, they're like mini meditations uh, where you just focus on joy. And let me give you one of the examples that the author shares. It's like when you get in the shower and you let that first step into the shower where you're like, ah, right? It's like that, like that, like if you have nothing else, you have that, right? And so it can be um, anything. Yeah. Just like the littlest thing. Oh my gosh. Right. So if you can do that for yourself and um, I've been practicing that for uh, honestly, just about a month. And I feel so I, I not just recalibrated, but recharged. Um, and, and I, like you say, this uh, uh, cold, dark days of uh, winter, that's not, that does not, <laughs> I do not do so well with that. Uh, but I think that this is, like that is part of being able to see that every single day um, is to be able to find that. And especially when your kids are struggling, um, parents, it might be helpful to highlight even a teeny tiny, um, you know, even a teeny tiny, teeny tiny event that may have brought them joy. So you say, like, you can say, like, what about that first a spoonful of ice cream, did that bring you joy? What about, you know, so you can get curious about when they recognize that in themselves. And I think it's an unfortunate thing that we take that for granted. Those, even those, like, the micro achievements, the micro um, opportunities for joy. But I think that that is definitely something um, that, that you can do. And I think you also um, say, I'd like you to speak to this too, but I think people might have noticed that when we're talking about these examples, um, we haven't mentioned anything that is digital. (laughs) We haven't mentioned anything that is engaged with technology in terms of our, in, in terms of the things that brighten us up, that recharge us, that recalibrate us, that allow us to celebrate. Um, how is that connected? Because on your list and what you've talked about so far, I nothing, nothing digital there. No, definitely not. And to be honest with you, during during these times where I'm feeling, you know, like the seasonal sadness, um, I don't really want to be like on my phone. I don't want to be like connecting to anything that feels like extra work to me and yeah I I just feel like moving my body and journaling and like just really like focusing in on myself whereas like all technology kind of feels so external and like disconnected in a way like almost extra isolating yeah yeah um and I think too it's it's just like I didn't do this on purpose preparing for today's podcast or anything like that. Um, but I decided um, in the same time, the same time I was like, I'm going to really focus on joy um, in that and finding it in the, in the little things and, and honoring my micro accomplishments and achievements is at the same time I was like, um, I waste a lot of time related to technology and um, TV, especially. And then, like I had mentioned before, I got a concussion. So I was cut off. Um, So I'd already dwindled down the amount of time I was watching TV, and I was only allowing myself to watch either sports, which I really enjoy, or uh, (laughs) Food Network. That was it. Those were my (laughs) limits. Um, Food and sports. Um, so 
then I got a concussion and I was not allowed time on my screen. So, so I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't go on my computer. I couldn't go on my phone. And I, as terrible as I was feeling because of the concussion symptoms, there was a freedom that came with that, that uh, I haven't, it's, it's been two and a half weeks. I haven't gone back to watching TV at all. Not even, <laughs> not even uh, sports. I'll probably watch the Super Bowl in fairness. Um, but I haven't done that. And I felt like um, in this weird kind of way, like that concussion gave me permission to say, I do not need to spend my entire day, and that's a bit of a dramatic exaggeration, in, you know, connected to, um, in, in this false connection um, to other people. So I felt like it was really freeing. And I'm wondering, like, what, like, uh, what ways we can help our children um, connect that aren't digitally related. Yeah. Because, you know, both of us had, you know, like really went there. Yeah. I've experienced that too. I've like, it, it is really a freeing feeling. <laughs> it's, it's relaxing. It's freeing. <laughs> it's a nice change. It really is. Yeah. And, and I think it's also like in some ways surprising because um, I did like freak out a little bit and was worried about, I mean, it, the timing of it was not good. It was like the first day of classes and, uh, or the first week of classes at the, um, at the university I teach at. And um, I had a bunch of stuff I needed to do, uh, you know, and I needed to be on my computer. Well, it turns out, I actually didn't need to be because it allowed for saying no. And so even in, even in the midst of that and being, you know, some not feeling good and somewhat stressed is there was, uh, there were opportunities to still feel joy, to still have micro achievements and accomplishments, to still um, be engaged in the active process of mental wellness. And, and, and I think like that's, um, you know, part of what you're, you are saying, too, is this happy list grounds you in it every single week. Absolutely. Is there anything you And that's, like, like, one thing that you're doing for yourself, you know? Like, that's one set thing that you're taking time just for, your, just for you, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Uh, well, I was thinking, is there one thing that you feel like, mm, I need, like, this needs a little bit more of my attention or something like that? Yeah, so I'll I'll notice that um, sometimes, like, when I'm making my happy list, if I'm writing, like, oh, that going to bed at, you know, 9 p.m. made me so happy the other day, that's, that's like, me telling myself, like, that's what I need more of. Like, I need to go to bed earlier. That feels good for me. So that's kind of how I tailor, like, what I feel like I need more of in that week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and so that you can be – so here's the part that you're saying that I think is, you know, I really want people to hear is that you're being like reflective over it. You're looking at like, okay, so <laughs> um, how did things go? Right. And then, and then really doing an assessment of that. And so you can do that as a parent too. This is actually something um, I talked about in um, freakishly well-behaved um, kids. And I learned from Jack Canfield, um, who wrote the success principles and 
uh, was the founder of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Well, Jack Canfield talks about like really doing like a rating scale of that. And so, um, so one of the things that you can do with your kids is on a scale of one to 10, you can even do that with little kids. You just make the scale smaller on a scale of happy, uh, super happy to meh, to, to sad. Um, how did you feel things went this week with our joy list, right? Or you can check in about that. Uh, one of the other ways that you can do that just as a sidebar for parents is ask about your parenting. Check in on that. So um, if you are really, if part of your mental wellness goal is to, to do a better job at connecting and being present for your kids, which is like, always a goal for me as a parent, even with a 22-year-old and an 18-year-old and children, is um, I check in with them. I ask them on a scale of 1 to 10, how is my parenting this week? How is our connection this week? You can make it any kind of thing. Did we, do, did we as a family do a good job of bringing sunshine and joy into our home? You know, and so being able to do that scale of one to 10 where you're assessing and then assessing isn't enough and then you take action. And again, going back to that definition of mental wellness, it's an active process. So we say we just have another minute or so before we say goodbye for today. Is there anything that you really want to just like leave our listeners with um, in terms of how this is connected to uh, being perfectly well? Yes, I would say that mental wellness month doesn't end in January. (laughs) And I also think that being super gentle with yourself is one of the most important things with uh, keeping your mental wellness at an all-time high. Uh, and just feeling out what you need. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I didn't say this. Gabor Matei, who is a uh, well-known um, psychotherapist and speaker, says that we don't get uh, have really compassion fatigue. We we don't run out of compassion for other people. What we do is we stop being compassionate to ourselves, and then we can't share our compassion with other people. And so, I, you know, like you're, you're right at it. It's like really recognizing your achievements, recognizing all the things that are amazing about you. So then you have an abundance of that that you can share with the people around you, including your children. So thank you for being part of our conversation again today. And we look forward to being able to connect to you all in the future. Have a very beautiful day. Bye, Faye. Uh, Thanks, Jody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.